In the name of Jesus. I just want you to open your mouth and begin to appreciate God. Just begin to give Him praise. There is none like unto Him. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of lords. Father, we worship You. We glorify Your name, the King of all kings. The Lord of all lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, Your presence is in our midst. Holy Ghost, we welcome you afresh. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes that we may see you this evening. Open our hearts that we will believe your word as it comes. Touch every soul in this place tonight in the name of Jesus. Visit everybody in this place tonight in the name of Jesus. Nobody shall live here the same way he or she came. We've not come to seek you in vain. We've not come to do religion. But Father, we've come to meet with you. Have your way in our lives. And speak to us in a language that we'll understand. In the name of Jesus. Take absolute control, Holy Spirit. I depend solely and entirely on you. Speak to us once again. For in Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Hallelujah. Good evening, church. Um, without wasting so much of our time, it's a special Wednesday today, and I believe that God has a word for somebody. God cannot gather us together without having a word. And just like my brother said, one word from God is enough to change your destiny. One word from God is enough to change your life. One word is enough to move you from the level you are to the level that God has ordained you to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. And our topic today is preparation, kingdom citizenship. Kingdom citizenship. There is no time. It's a vast um, topic, but I believe God will help us within the time we have. We'll be able to cover a lot. And um, I'm also believing God for the the grace to teach because I I have a strong feeling in my heart that God wants us to to learn something today, something that will open your eyes, you know, to appreciate God the better. Hallelujah! Kingdom citizenship. That's what we are considering today. And our text is in Philippians chapter three, verse twenty. Philippians chapter three, verse twenty. If you're there. You can read Philippians, the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 20. Hallelujah. Praise God. Philippians 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Our citizenship is in where? Is in heaven. And our team for this year is prepare to meet your God. Prepare to meet your God. And we all know that God is where? God is in heaven. I'm just, I don't want to preach. I actually want to teach. You know, so that we understand something. Because I believe that the heart of God towards the present church is for us to know. Hallelujah. 
you know, it's not for us, you know, gone are the days when believers, you know, run for miracles. Go to where they will hear prophecy. Paul says the Lord. You know, some people are interested in, in prophecy. Some people are interested in, in miracles, power move, and things are happening. But as far as I'm concerned, God is more interested in us knowing. Even St. Paul, at his level of faith, he still made a prayer that I may know him. And if, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, he also made a prayer too. You know, that the eyes of understanding may be what? May be a light that we may know. That is the heart of God for us to know. So I want to, I'm, I'm believing God that God will help us to know what it means to be a kingdom citizen. What it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. If you have that understanding, you will now discover that you will not be afraid of the messages we hear every Sunday. Hallelujah. You will not be afraid of it. Because you know that you are a citizen of the kingdom. You have that consciousness in you that you already belong to the kingdom. And if you are in the kingdom, then you won't be scared of anything. Except if you are not in the kingdom. That is where the problem is. But if you are sure inside of you that you are already in the kingdom, then you will not be scared of, of hellfire. You will not be scared of you know, the messages we hear. Because if you are sure, you won't, be ask, you, won't be fra- you won't be afraid. Hallelujah. So God is going to help us to understand what it means to be a kingdom citizen. To be a member of God's kingdom. To be a citizen of God's kingdom. And as I was praying and, and trying to meditate and prepare for this message, you know, God took my heart to his original plan when he created the whole universe. I don't know what you're expecting today, but I believe that God has a word for you. God took my heart back to it, his original plan. And I discovered when I was studying that actually from the beginning, that what God had in mind was to build a kingdom. When God created, you know, the things he created, and at the, at the end of it, he created man. The Bible said that he created man in his own image, and after his own likeness. And the Bible said that he gave man dominion over everything he has created. Looking at the garden of Eden, you discover that God had in mind of creating a kingdom. A kingdom. Because the word kingdom, there, there are two things, there are two words. Actually, in the word kingdom, one is king, the other one is domain. So, there is no king without a domain. And what God had in mind was to create a kingdom where he will become king. He will become the ogre of that kingdom. I don't know if you are getting me. So, when God created man and created everything, God wanted to create, he had in mind of creating a kingdom. So, the, the garden of Eden, in my mind, looks like the kingdom. And God was in charge of it. And God was the head of the kingdom. And God placed man in the kingdom, so that man can be a representative of God in that kingdom. And the Bible says that in the cool of the day, that God comes down. And commune with man. What normally happens? God comes down, give man instructions. 
fellowship with man, commune with man. So it was an interesting thing. I, I'm just trying, I wanted to imagine it. So it was so interesting. In the cool of the evening, Adam is already expecting that God will come down. And God in his glory comes down and relates with man. Give man some instructions. Commune with him. And man begins to implement those things he has gotten from God. So in the original plan of God and looking at the Garden of Eden and the things that were happening there, there was no sickness. There was no sorrow. There was no, no poverty. Hallelujah. Because God was in charge. God was the king of that kingdom. There was no sin. There was no oppression. There was no darkness. Everything was just cool. There was peace. There was nothing like warm. So it was, it was a beautiful place. And God made it so beautiful. It was an awesome place. And Adam was just there. And when I was studying, God told me something. God said that, do you know that in that kingdom where Adam was representing him as a king, that there was no kind of formal education. He said, Adam knew things by inspiration. Adam knew things by what? By what? By inspiration. By inspiration. He just knew things. When it was time for him to name the animals, nobody came and told him, this one is going to be lion. This one is going to be goats. This one is going to be sheep. He just knew, this, thing is, this one is behaving like sheep. This one is now sheep. And he becomes sheep. This is lion. Just like that. So he just knew things by divine inspiration. By divine knowing. After God was creating everything, he knew that his wife was not among the things God created. He just knew. Nobody told him. Did you tell him anything? Nobody told him. He just knew. He just saw goat and said, no, this cannot be my wife. He saw that all that all that look like a human being, chimpanzee. He said, "Ah, no, this one can't be my wife." But when God caused him to fall asleep and and all of that that happened, and God did the oppression He did in him and all of that, and created Eve, and He woke up. Immediately He saw Eve. He said, "Hey, this is the bone of my bone and the flesh." Nobody told him, so he just knew things. That is how the kingdom operates. So, I'm going to take us through that. I just pray that God will, will, will give us time. You know, so that I'm just trying to build a foundation so that you understand where you are right now as a child of God. That's where I'm going to. So, three things that God puts a place in my heart is, one, the origin, the plan of God from the beginning. That is one. Two, how man lost that glory. And God drove man out of the kingdom. And three, how God finally restored or realigned man back to his original plan through the death of Jesus Christ. After that, I will summarize. Praise God. So we are still in the first one. So Adam was enjoying the beauty of God's glory in the kingdom. Adam was enjoying everything that God has created. There was no lack. He didn't lack anything. He was just like God. He was just enjoying himself in God's presence. Because the beauty of the garden is the presence of God. It's the presence of God. That is what, that is what beautified the garden. God's presence. 
I don't know if you've, if you've enjoyed God's presence before. When you are in God's presence, you don't feel like going out. Hallelujah. When you are there, you don't, you don't, nothing matters more to you. You don't think of any other thing. You just want to remain there. You just want to be there. That was what Adam was enjoying. Time will not permit us to read the book of Genesis and all of that to see these things I'm talking about. But we are all Bible students. Thank God for the kind of church we have. You know, if I give somebody a microphone and to tell the story of Adam and all of that, I'm sure somebody will do that. So, there's no point reading the scriptures, but they are all there in the scripture. So, Adam was enjoying the beauty of God's glory. But something happened. And Adam lost that glory. Hallelujah. Do you know that Adam lost two major things? Adam lost relationship one. And Adam lost dominion. Because two things he was enjoying in the kingdom. He was enjoying relationship with God. He was enjoying that beautiful fellowship with him. And he also had dominion. He was in charge of everything that God has created. So he was so powerful. So he was more like a king and a priest. So he was enjoying. So but immediately Adam failed God. He lost those two things. He lost dominion and he lost also relationship. And God drove him out of the kingdom. That was the genesis of the whole problem. So God drove him out. And he became a stranger to God. Remember, someone that was enjoying the beauty of God. And he became a stranger. He lost dominion. And Satan became in charge. Satan became in charge. And as I was meditating, God told me that there were two laws that Satan used to drag Adam out of his place and took the place of Adam. Two laws. Two laws. One is the law of dominion. The law of dominion. Hallelujah. There is a place in the Bible that the Bible says that that what, whoever or whatever you obey, you become a slave to that thing. Have you seen it in the scripture before? So that was the law he used. So devil used that law and came and started tempting Adam. Yes, God said you should not eat this one. It was actually Eve, you know, but the man, God says the man first. Hallelujah. And God placed the responsibility on him. So Adam failed. Adam obeyed Satan. So that law was activated. So immediately Adam obeyed Satan, Adam became a slave to Satan. Because whatever you obey, you become a slave to. So that was the first law. You know, Satan, serpent. So I put, you know, serpent is the Satan. Hallelujah. When you go to the book of Revelation, you will now see where God, where the book of Revelation referred the old serpent as what? As Satan. So it was actually Satan that tempted Adam. So Adam obeyed Satan. And did that that God said they should not do. And that was how Adam lost the glory. And devil became in charge. So the second law that devil used, that is the second law was the one that now caused you know, generations that will come after Adam to be partaker of the sin of Adam. That is the law of seed. The law of what? The law of what? The law of seed states that every seed reproduces what? Its own kind. Every seed reproduces according to its own kind. 
So Adam has been contaminated by virtue of disobeying God. And the, the, the principle of the law of seed was activated. So generations that came after Adam became sinners. All of us who were there before now. Hallelujah. We were there. We were there. So we became, by default, we became sinners because of that law of seed. Now, the first law of dominion, that was the same law that Satan also wanted to use for Jesus when Jesus came. Bible said when Jesus fasted and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil came to tempt him, the devil wanted to activate that same law. And the Bible said the devil said, Jesus, can you cause this stone to become what? To become bread. But Jesus said, no. For man shall not live by bread alone. So Jesus responded with God's word. Which Adam failed to do. The first Adam failed to do it. So that was actually the law the devil wanted to use. Even when the devil took Jesus to the pinnacle and said, Just bow down and worship me. All the glory of the world will become yours. Jesus said, Do what? Get behind me, you Satan. So he couldn't penetrate through Christ. But actually, he succeeded in the time of Adam. And everybody became a sinner. And things started getting bad. And man started trying to know how do we how do we record, how do we get back to God? That was the origin of religion. Religion is actually man's efforts, man's struggle to meet with God. That is religion. So God, one goes, God said that He has not called us into religion, but He has called us into His kingdom. There is difference between kingdom and the religion. We are not called into religion. I am not called. To be a religious man. I am called to be a kingdom man. So God has called us to become kingdom citizens. Not to become members of chapel. Fine, it's good for you, for you to belong to each other. But they primarily, primarily, God has called you to become a kingdom citizen. A kingdom man. So man tried and, you know, tried to use religion. Moses came, brought the law, this one do's and don'ts and all of that, but they could not. That relationship that man lost, they could not get it by religion. They couldn't, by their own effort, by their own righteousness. And at some point, God said, no, that your righteousness is even like a filthy rag before me. So man could not. Man could not. Until the time for Jesus to come, came. Before the foundations of the earth, before the foundation of the earth, God had it in mind that he's going to send his only begotten son and that he will come and die for mankind. And any man that believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. So when Jesus came, Jesus came with one gospel. And the gospel that Jesus came with is the gospel of the kingdom. That was the gospel he came. Reading the book of Matthew, you will see a lot of places. So the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like, is like a man that discovered a treasure in a field and sold everything he had just to get the kingdom, the treasure. So, and so many other instances. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. And all of that. Time will not permit me to be sharing scriptures. I would have loved to share scriptures. So Jesus came and he brought the message of the kingdom. The message of the kingdom. Trying to, he, he, what God did through him was to restore us back to that which we lost at the garden of Eden. 
That's what you lost in the garden. So Jesus came for the kingdom to be restored. So two things that Jesus restored was one, Jesus restored the relationship. We became sons of God again. Second thing Jesus restored was dominion. If you read the book of, of, of Revelation chapter 1, I think verse 12 or something, the Bible says that we are now kings and what? And priests. Remember there is no, there is no way you can be a king when you don't have a domain. I will still come to that. So Jesus restored the kingdom back. And that was why when he was teaching the disciples how to pray, he said, Hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So the, the primary aim of Jesus was to bring heaven down here on earth. To extend or to replicate the heavens here on earth. That was part of his goal. So once you give your life to him, you become a kingdom person. You become a kingdom citizen. And somewhere again, the Bible said that Jesus said that the kingdom of God is where? Is within people. You may be thinking, where is the kingdom of God? You may be looking for the kingdom of God. The Bible said that the kingdom of God is within people. Except if you are not a child of God. But if you are a child of God, you are carrying God's kingdom on your inside. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of life. You are carrying the kingdom. You are carrying the kingdom. As a lawyer, I am first a kingdom citizen before any other thing. So as I go to court, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, ah, bro, CJ, remember that you are a kingdom citizen. So I carry God's kingdom anywhere I go to. As a doctor in the hospital, you are carrying the kingdom of God inside of you. And what God expects you to do is to establish that kingdom wherever you are. If Christians can do this, the world will become a better place for everybody. The world, there will be no confusion in the world again. Because we are everywhere. There are Christians in politics. There are Christians in, there are Christians in, in, in medicine. There are Christians in the world of entertainment also. In the business environment, there are Christians everywhere. Look at a country like Nigeria. We, are, we, are, we have so many Christians. But just look at what is happening. Because we are, we are, we are religious people. So uh, my prayer today is that God will destroy religion. Let God destroy religion. Religion has not done us any good. If you have this mindset, your life, the way you live will even be different. The way you carry yourself will be different. The Bible says that we are in the world. But we are not of the world. We are not of the world. We are so different. I said the love of the world is when you love the world, you become an enemy to God. So you need to carry the kingdom. Carry the kingdom to the world of entertainment. Carry the kingdom to the hospital. To your school where you are teaching. God has given you a pulpit as a lecturer, as a teacher. Are you extending that thing on your inside to the people? Are you extending it? Are you impacting it? So the problem we have is that we are so 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 religious, you know, conscious. I am I am a, I am an Anglican. I am I belong to to winners. I am a redeemer. All those things in heaven there is no church. 
There is no church in heaven. So do not, don't be deceived. There is no church in heaven. God just place us here so that we can take the church out of this place and take it outside. The church is more needed outside than the inside. So let's stop doing church. I believe God is speaking to somebody because this is not my word. Let's take the church out from the four walls of this building and take it to people that need the gospel of the kingdom. Because the knowledge of that gospel is what will change the world for good. It's all changing the world for good. I was studying and God said, have you, can you, God said, study how the people who live around, you know, probably, the, let me say the Queen of England now, for example, people that live with her. Do you know, there is a way they live their lives. Have you studied it? Maybe you could Google it. How they live their lives. There is a way the Queen lives. There is a way they live. They don't live like every other person. They don't do things anyhow. They don't talk anyhow. You don't just see them misbehave. They have a reputation. They are protecting. They have an image. They have an image and they are protecting that image jealously. But look at we Christians. We are carrying God and we are not protecting the image of the God you are carrying. It's an insult to God. You are carrying, you claim to be a Christian. You claim, but in your workplace, nobody knows you as a believer. In your workplace, nobody sees you as a Christian. You are having issues with almost everybody in your workplace. Do you know, as a Christian, you don't need to claim your right. You don't need to claim your right. Of recent, in my office, somebody just became so angry with me for no, for no just cause. I was walking, I was very busy walking, and somebody asked me a question, and I, my mind was not in that question. I was busy with the work, so I didn't respond to the person immediately. And the person became angry and stopped talking to me. Why? Do you know I have to go and apologize to the person? Ordinary, logically, I don't need to apologize to whoever. But because I'm a child of God, and there's something I'm representing there. I'm representing the kingdom of God there. I'm like the light there. So I must act accordingly. I must act accordingly. Because on the last day, I will give account of my stewardship here on earth to God. As I was studying, God also told me somebody, he said, the talent he has given to you is for the kingdom. The money God has given to you is also for the kingdom. We are custodians of wealth. It doesn't belong to you. And on the last day, you will give account of every couple you spent. Because that money is not yours. The time God has given to you is also for the purpose of the kingdom. Take the gospel to the marketplace. That is where they need it most. You think you are a fine boy or you are a fine girl. Is also for the kingdom. It's not for Shakara. Hallelujah. It's not for Shakara because with your Shakara, devil can mess you up. Devil can slap you up and down with your whole beauty and everything, and you become nothing. Eh? Have you seen somebody that had the devil came to attack him or attack his family? He would not come and say, Devil, don't you know that I'm a fine boy? How dare you? A fine girl like me. 
Hallelujah. Or maybe you think you're a professor. You now want to, you now want to speak grammar for, for, for equals. Don't sit on a professor of law. Hey, devil will show you pepper. So it is what you are carrying that matters. Not your whatever, whatever. So all those things that God has given you is for the purpose of the kingdom. So without wasting time, I want us to just look at some things and then we'll conclude. Things you need to know about the kingdom of God. One, citizenship in the kingdom of God is only through new beds. Only through what? New beds. So if you're here, you're not born again, you are not a member of God's kingdom. You are on your own. Devil is in charge of your life. So until you become a child of God, then you'll be translated from the kingdom of darkness into what? Into the kingdom of God. And you become a heavenly citizen. You will not be scared of trumpets. If trumpets sound now, how many of us will go to heaven? I will go to heaven. Oh. Hallelujah. I will be the number one person to... Hallelujah. Secondly, the kingdom of God is totally different from the kingdom of this world. There is so much difference. You don't miss it up. You don't, you don't miss it up at all. You, you, God will not take you out of Egypt and you are still telling God, the cucumber I ate in Egypt is still, I'm still remembering the cucumber. What is cucumber? What is onions? Can you imagine? So you can't mix it up. There are two different worlds. So either you are in the world or you are in the kingdom. You must choose one. You don't mix it up. You are not a child of God and somebody goes through your phone and has worldly music. You are still playing. And so, some, some youths have pornography in their, in their phones. So it will pass what everything so that nobody will see it. You don't miss it up. You don't miss darkness and light together. It's, it's not done. So there are two different words. You either belong to this or you belong to the other one. You can see that in John chapter 17, 14 and 18. Number three. Number three. The kingdom of God is not from the earth. The kingdom of God is not from the earth. John chapter 18, 33 to 36. Number four. The kingdom of God is not physical territory on earth. But that which is within people. Luke chapter 17, 20 and 21. Number five, the kingdom of God is run by God through his will and principles. There is something called the kingdom principles. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. Number six, it is not a kingdom of slaves, but a kingdom of sons. Hallelujah. Are you a son of God? Shout hallelujah. Number seven, it is not a kingdom of subjects, but a kingdom of kings. Revelation chapter 5 verse 6. Number eight, it is not a kingdom of sinners, but the kingdom of priests. If you are a sinner, you do not have any place in the kingdom. Hallelujah. You can see that in Revelation chapter 1, 5 to 6, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Number nine, it is not a kingdom of selfishness, but a kingdom of selflessness in mission. The scripture is there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 and 20. Number ten, it is not the kingdom that competes with the world. We don't compete with the world. Hallelujah. You must not dance the way the world dance. Dance your own way. Hallelujah. Don't come to God's presence and you are dancing Atlanta. Praise God. Some people may not know what I just said. Hallelujah. So it is not a kingdom that competes with the world, but a kingdom that dominates the world. We are meant to dominate. So let us have dominion. Number 11. It is not a kingdom of stagnancy, but a kingdom of advancement. Number 12, there is no denomination in the kingdom. We are all one before God. 
In the kingdom of God, we are all trustees and custodians of our resources, our talents and our time, and even our giftings, and we must give account of all of this. Number 14, in the kingdom of God, we enjoy certain rights and privileges, since we are citizens. And finally, in the kingdom of God, we have our duties and responsibilities. God hates irresponsibilities. Hallelujah. And finally, as I'm concluding, the Bible said in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, seek you first, what? And, the, and what again? Every other thing. One of the problems that we have today, why we've compromised a lot, is because we've removed our mind from the kingdom and we are pursuing other things. That is the major problem. We've left the substance and we are pursuing shadows. We are majoring on the minor and minoring on the major. That is the problem. And God is telling us today, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every other distraction, all these things we see, Bible said they shall be added unto us. The kingdom is the most important thing. And if you are a citizen of God's kingdom, you've got to act like one. God is not interested in lukewarmness any longer. You are either there or you are not there. So today I want you to resolve in your mind that you will live as a kingdom citizen. Let us pray. Just open your mind and you will speak to God. You will speak to him. I don't know if God has communicated his word to you. Father, we give you all the praise. Begin to speak. Begin to pray for yourself. 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 You need to pray for yourself. You need to pray for yourself. Understanding this alone is enough. You're already in heaven. You're already in heaven if you understand this principle. You're already there. You're already there. God will help me. God will help me. Say, God help me. God help me to live like a kingdom citizen here on earth. Bible says that we are ambassadors of Jesus here. We are representing him. We are representing, on that day, what will you tell him as, a, as an ambassador? What will, what will be your report? What will be your report? What will be your report? What will you tell him? What will you tell him? Will you be like that servant that they gave talent and he went and hid his talent? What will you tell him? In the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray that we shall stand up and occupy effectively until you come. Help us, O Heavenly King, that every aspect of our lives shall be redeemed unto your glory. Then you will be satisfied with your people. Blessed be your most holy name. In Christ Jesus our Lord we pray. Hallelujah.